HVAC 360, episode number seven, Greffin Systems. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. Today, we're going to be talking with John Palsgaard of Greffin Systems. Now, if you're not familiar with Greffin Systems, they manufacture a system that retrofits onto boilers to increase some efficiencies and to uh, and to help out uh, to save energy. I don't uh, I don't have too much else to say. This is the last. Uh, um, interview that I did at the HR Expo 2010 in Orlando, Florida. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, let's get to the interview with John. All right, we're here on the floor of the HR Expo in uh, Orlando, Florida, 2010. Um, I'm talking with John Palsgaard of uh, Greffin Systems. And uh, John, uh, can you t- explain a little bit uh, about what Greffin Systems actually uh, uh, manufactures? Okay, well, I, what we have is principally our principal product is a microprocessor-based device that works with hot water boilers, um, closed-loop hot water boilers. Typically, uh, hot water boilers, which are very efficient and, and operate very well um, compared to alternatives, still have some areas where they can be improved on for efficiency, and, and we work with that, principally with con- boiler cycling. So what our product does is we match demand to boiler operation. Typically, we can cut 30 to 50% of the duty cycles out of a operating force draft boiler, and with that, we get energy savings anywhere from uh, 10% up into the 20% range. So now, uh, how many boilers do you typically can, can, can a system like this handle? Our, the unit operates, is installed on one boiler. So in, one per boiler room, or one per boiler. We've got, um, we're installed in the boiler room. Our instrumentation is, is applied to the boiler and we tie into the controls for the boiler. Everything is local to the boiler. It takes about two hours, but there is one required for each boiler in the boiler room. Do they do they have to communicate with each other? Is there some in, uh, sort of interconnecting uh, uh, communication that goes on? No. And no, no, each one operates independently, and they work very well together in teams or in, in, in series, or they work independently on a single boiler uh, on a standalone basis. But there's no communication path talking between the two. Now, how, how exactly does, does it reduce the cycling? Okay. Typically, we do it by matching boiler demand to building, uh, building demand to the boiler operation. Uh, typically, a boiler operates around a, a variance on, on a thermostat. So when there's excess capacity in the system, which is a lot of the time with boilers, what you'll have, you have a boiler coming up to temperature, and then you'll have it turning off, and that's creating a cycling. So you'll come up to temperature in the morning, and the boiler will then start to hunt around that temperature. Typically, um, a variance on a, on, a, on a thermostat is 5 degrees to 10 degrees is, is a typical range in the U.S. for, for boilers. When that, every, when that happens, every time a boiler shuts off, there's room, there's, there's efficiencies that are lost. And that's due to the fact that, number one, with a force draft boiler, you've got purge cycles. Purge cycles 
are required to purge the combustion chamber of combustion byproducts before the boiler can fire again. So when, when, that's, when that's happening, and that can be from a minute to a minute and a half for, for a boiler, you're blowing cold air across your very efficient heat exchanger. The heat exchanger is still working. It's just working in reverse for you and blowing warm air that, that you've just heated up, uh, uh, cooling the water, warming the air, and pushing it up the flue. So that's, that's the waste stream, really, that we're looking for, and that's where we gain our efficiencies. So how long does a typical installation, I mean, when you, when you talk about the actual uh, installation of the, the piece of equipment, what, I mean... Two hours. Two hours. Typically is the typical installation in a boiler room, and that's to, to put it in, to, to install it. Um, and a big part of that time is then testing the unit. We'll test every unit, making sure it's working, and making sure the boiler's working with the, with the additional control. Um, we don't remove anything when we put in our system. We work with BMS systems. We, uh, we work with boilers that are controlled by aquastats. Um, those controls stay the same. The operator, there's no operator training required because the operation of the boiler remains the same. We, we, we're, uh, we're dynamic. We adjust to, to a BMS changing the boiler or an operator changing the temperature on the thermostat. We monitor... And, and adjust our operation to what we see based on our observations of the boiler and the boiler water temperatures. Um, but uh, as far as installation goes, about about two hours, and then we do test it up and make sure it's running, and that's included. So you have a, a main box that's actually kind of mounted on the on the boiler itself. That's that's it. Our processor is a single 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 box. Our preferred point of connection is the back plate of the burner control. Generally, a Honeywell 7800 or FireEye 110 or or, uh, or or Fenwall. Um, it's, this, it's the burner control device that that's our preferred point of connection. And after that, uh, you have uh, two uh, uh, water temperature sensors that that they the get two on. water temperature sensors are strapped onto the outside of the pipe. Uh, those are um, that's actually an integrated circuit uh, temperature sensor, and that feeds data back to the to the unit. We we pull temperature data every ten seconds or any time there's a change of status on the thermostat circuit. Now, as far as the uh, 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 designer is concerned, what I guess what do they need to uh, uh, be aware of as as the, as the engineer? Is it just something that they would specify uh, uh, to be mounted on the on the boiler, uh, or you know, so it's just like an accessory that you'd, you'd specify? Well, the bulk of our the bulk of our installations now have been uh, retrofit. Okay, we do very well in the retrofit market. Um, as far as specifying us with new construction. Um, we're certainly able to be in, uh, specified and installed. We currently we work with uh, installers. We've got a group of installers <clears throat> covering covering the nation um, who distribute and are trained in installing these. So uh, there is there it, um, we do recommend that it be installed by someone approved and certified to to install the device. But it can certainly be spec'd out, and they can contact us to get information on how to specify. Okay. Now, as, advice. Uh, as far as the boiler complexities, one one thing that I've seen is is, is that um, you know a lot of times uh, boilers you know boilers are getting more and more intelligent. Um, they like to think for themselves. They don't like to be controlled by the BAS. Um, so how does this you know I, I, again I guess what in essence what is it what is it doing? Is it is it is it 
prohibiting it from starting or restarting and just delaying that? Is there is there interrupting a contact for for boiler start or? We've got a normally closed relay that's that's put on to the thermostat control circuit of the boiler. So the um, typically, as I said, the seventy eight hundred or the one ten will have a, a thermostat control circuit that that's generally the circuit that has the limit switches uh, for the boiler. Um, on BMSs, they will have the enable switch uh, if, 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 it's, if it's BMS enabled, and uh, that circuit also would be uh, used by the BMS if it's actually uh, generating a control signal. We don't generate a control signal. Uh, we're, we're a normally closed relay that uh, operates to hold off a signal. Um, as far as and that's how we affect boiler operation. We don't impact the, the burner operation directly in the sense that if it's a modulating burner, modulation is still taken care of by the burner. Um, shutting down the burner, when determining when, what temperature is, is reached, is still done by the existing controls, and those remain fully operational. A, a lot of systems now, or most systems, are going in with outdoor temperature reset, for example. We read when that when that uh, temperature is reset by observing what's going on with the boiler, and we're not taking an active role. So in general, by far, even with the more sophisticated and more sophisticated controls coming into play, boilers are still operating in the conventional fashion in that, number one, they're using the same controls, 7800, FireEye-110. And we, in a sense, don't manage the burner while it's operating. This is getting a little technical, but we manage the off time between the boiler, uh-huh. between firings, actively, and so there's a, there's a little bit of a difference. We don't generate a control signal, so in terms of permitting and everything else, we're we're uh, technically um, we're not generating a control signal. So we're we're just operating a relay on a circuit that's designed for that, which is that operating circuit. So if a, a boiler is running, you're not going to shut it off. It's 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 when it shuts off that you prevent it from restarting, essentially. Correct. Okay. Now, as far as the uh, uh, origins of, of the uh, uh, you know the system, the Griffin system, where does it where does it come from? Uh, it's a European technology. There's uh, right now there's over four thousand of these already installed over in Europe. We received uh, UL approval in April of two thousand nine, and uh, we're marketing it here in, in North America. How long has it been uh, installed over there? That's a good question. Probably actively about three years, four okay. year, three and four years. Okay. And in the United States, how many installs did you say? Over 40 sites right now. Mm-hmm. So and that's a mixture of pilot sites that we ran, and then we've ha- we, have, we have started selling the product and installing it for customers just on, on a normal sales basis. Okay. Now, what I guess what uh, – is there any uh, – the, the setup for these devices, they're, they're pretty much uh, done by the – you know, um, by whoever the the installer is. Absolutely, it's set up pretty much in, with default uh, conditions. Uh, orientation consists of basically showing the operator what the lights are doing uh, and the, the, the enunciator lights, um, in terms of telling us what the operation is doing at different stages and what it means to the to the customer. Really, there there isn't a lot of user op- uh, training involved. Um, we we have we do we have a training program for the installers that we go through um, and um, uh, ahead of time. Okay. But they show up ready to put the devices in and train the customer. It comes with a three-year warranty. If there's any questions, you know, we certainly offer support also during that time frame. If there's any questions coming up. Okay. So again, mostly retrofit applications uh, right now. Um, well. 
uh, retrofit applications because those are more immediate. Certainly, design is 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 there. Just it's just lead time. And right. since we've only been here in operation just a few months, uh, we don't have a lot of active designs going in. But sure, this interview will help change that. <laughs> the um, I think that's uh, unless there's anything else that uh, that you have or that you that you know about that you like to kind of help share with us. No, other than the, than the fact that in, in terms of gas technology, we, uh, we have an opportunity here to take something that's been developed over across the pond over in Europe and bring it over. We're, we're down the learning curve. Um, it's it's in the, in terms of energy savings, there there are a few things that we can learn from from uh, from Europe, and, and this is one of them. It's been a it's been a, um, uh, a it's, it's been a real interesting exercise in bringing this technology over. There are differences between the U.S. market and, and, uh, and Europe in terms of HVAC. But in this case, uh, every application that we, that we put this into, some of them new, uh, reheat, for example, uh, we continue to operate well. So it's, it's, a well-tested, it's a well-tested system, and it's a well-tested uh, technology, and, and, and it's got a... It's got a huge potential here in the U.S. Definitely. Now, as far as energy savings goes, what can the uh, the owner, the end user, expect to see? Is it is it is it utility bills? Is that is that their main focus, or I don't know how, necessarily how you how you would test on a case by case basis on on what kind of efficiencies you're getting from? Well, from if you go to our website and look at our uh, some of the pilots, when we run a pilot, because we don't remove any existing controls, if we bridge our relay, we're actually able to 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 um, to put a pilot together that gives you a side-by-side comparison. If we run a 60-day pilot, we will have 30 days on and 30 days off, and that's alternating, one day on, one day off, one day on, one day off, so we get a fit of, of uh, you know, balanced sampling. And that's how we determine what, what the savings are. And we're being third-party tested now by by several utilities, and they're, they basically adopted that, that same, utilized that same feature to, to, to do their testing. So when you look at our, at our pilot results, you'll see savings in the ranges of 10 to, as I said, as high as 30% uh, in some cases. And that's as a result of measuring on a, on a side-by-side basis what we've done. That's not just you know, installing in November of this year and comparing it to previous Novembers and adjusting for temperature. That's actually comparing side-by-side information. Okay. Now, where, where have, I guess, uh, across, the, across the country, where have you primarily been installing these? Oh, well, we've installed these. Our first pilot was in Southern California. We've installed it in Atlanta, Georgia, a military base in Florida, um, a major car rental company up in, in the Northeast in Boston, Logan Airport, um, schools uh, are located to, um, in Chicago, in Detroit, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, St. Louis, Missouri, Dallas, Texas, Oakland, California, Orange County. So okay. we, we've covered we've covered covered the country in a wide range. We've done schools, we've done office buildings, we've done hotels, we've done in, in, a, in a wide in a wide range. So we, we came over here with the objective of trying to prove the technology in different areas. And in Cal, and in in the U.S. market, everybody wants to see it in their region because everybody's region is different in the HVAC market, not only weather wise but just local practice. So yeah. so we we took a. a uh, an aggressive approach to get this out. Uh, probably half of our first pilots were done with the CE unit, the, the original CE unit prior to our UL approval, and then the last half 
with the UL approval. The logic and the chip are, are all the same, so and, and the results have been the same. Any any hurdles uh, with the uh, the first units? Uh, I mean, as far as or the the pilots rather getting them started, getting them installed. Anything that that, that trips you know that would that would that could affect a uh, installation of this equipment? No, they're just some some very basics. We utilize a technology called um, uh, um, um, opto isolation. Um, we have opto isolators that allow us to look at circuits. They're very ground sensitive. So just there's some basics. We need to be sure that we have a, a, a ground that's tied down. A floating ground will, is, is is not a good thing. It shouldn't be in the field anyway. But we we we, we make sure that we've got a, uh, a good ground. And we make sure that we put the uh, the sensors on the right. If we get the sensors reversed, it doesn't work. But uh, other than little things like that, there's there there's really not. Uh, it's it's not a complicated installation. Um, we we have rarely um, on occasion run into a, 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 a case where a BMS um, is set up with um, monitoring capabilities and might alarm us if we go into save mode, might provide an alarm to the customer that either either shuts down the boiler or is just a nuisance, and, um, and that requires generally just a, a slight programming change on the part of the BMS so that it, it won't alarm off when, when we're operating. So it needs to know we're there. Right. So it's, um, so it's essentially se- sending a signal to start the boiler, and the boiler's not starting, so it's sending an alarm. Correct. And, uh, but, but generally, that's not the case. So that, that's rare, and that's, that's easy, easily fixed. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the, your time, John, and uh, from the floor of the HR Expo 2010 in Orlando, Florida, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview with John Palsgaard of Greffin Systems. I'd like to thank John for uh, spending some time with us uh, out of his schedule uh, to, to talk about a little bit about what his product and what it does. Now, Greffin doesn't have the uh, the corner on this market. I know I've seen a, a couple of different uh, other products out there that do something similar, uh, maybe not exactly in the same way and maybe not as easy as the Greffin system. That seemed pretty easy to install and, and like John said, it was pretty pretty painless and didn't take too long to uh, retrofit it into any sort of uh, application. So, I'd just like to thank everybody for listening. I uh, really appreciate you and I think we're doing some great things. We're going to have some great interviews uh, coming up now and in the future. If you have any comments or want to give me some feedback, uh, we, you can send that uh, to me either at the blog at buildingx.co or you can email me at matt at buildingx.co. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is buildingx. And we're on iTunes, so if you heard us on there uh, and you like the show, uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, leave me some feedback there. Uh, I'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, If you did enjoy the show, why don't you share it with a friend? Send an email, send a link, uh, talk to them around the water cooler. Let them know uh, where we're at and how to listen to us. So, until next time, remember, know what you build and share what you know.